Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 22. Today, we're going to get into what macros or macronutrients are, and we'll go over the pros and the cons of counting or tracking them. By the end of this episode, you should have a clear understanding of what could work best in your life. Just a reminder to subscribe if you haven't already, and also to seek care from a professional for your individual needs and circumstances. All right, let's do this. Hey there, friends. My name's Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I am so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello. All right, we have a lot to cover today, so I'm just going to jump right in to all things macros. I used to really enjoy teaching people about macronutrients, explaining the need for each one and how to get a good balance in your diet. But now diet culture has kind of taken macros, just like it took calories and turned the hard science of them into diets. But I do think it's still important to learn about macronutrients. Um, so we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about that today. I often talk about using both internal and external wisdom in making food choices. Internal wisdom is really listening to your body, following your hunger and fullness cues, finding foods that you like and that satisfy you. And then external wisdom includes knowing what is in the food that you eat and knowing how the human body works and how it reacts to certain foods, etc. So as we talk about macros, we're getting more into some of that external wisdom here. And since counting macros is all the rage these days, we'll also get into the pros of macro counting, uh, especially when compared to other types of diets. And as you probably know, if you've been listening to me for a while, I happen to think that letting go of diets and diet culture altogether is ultimately the best way to enjoy lasting, sustainable health. So we'll also be going over some of the cons and potential dangers of macro counting as well. So first, let's talk about what macronutrients are. Macro means large. So these are just nutrients that we need in large amounts, as opposed to micronutrients, which are nutrients that are required in smaller amounts. The three macronutrients we generally talk about are fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Some people also consider water a macronutrient. I've heard um, fiber, even alcohol be called macronutrients. And I've also heard of macro minerals. Macro minerals are minerals like sodium, potassium, calcium, phosphate, chloride, nitrogen, magnesium. These are just minerals that are needed in relatively large amounts in our body compared with micro minerals such as copper, iodine, some other ones. So I've heard of macro minerals also talked about as a macronutrient. But for the sake of this podcast episode, we're just going to be referring to the fat, protein, and carbs when talking about macronutrients. It's important to note that there are very few foods that are completely protein or completely carbohydrate, completely fat. There are a few, but most foods are a combination of two or maybe all three of these macronutrients. But we categorize food based on their predominant macronutrient. So does it have mostly carbohydrate, mostly protein, fat. 
I want to quickly go over the benefit of each of these macronutrients because I think a lot of times diet culture tends to demonize certain ones. So first, let's talk about the benefits of dietary fat. We know this was one that was demonized, especially back in the 1990s. We've come around to realizing how important this um, macronutrient is in our diet. And this is why dietary fat provides us um, with energy to support cell growth. It helps in production of important hormones. It provides essential fatty acids that our body can't make itself. It also assists in the absorption of fat-soluble vitamins, which are A, D, E, and K. And it gives food pleasurable textures and sensations in our mouth. Our brains and our neural connections all also work better when our fat intake is adequate. And dietary fat may help provide long-term satiety and fullness, meaning that we don't get hungry as often. All right, and now the benefit of carbohydrates. This is another one that some diets seem to demonize, but carbohydrates are extremely important. One of the main reasons they're so important is that they are the exclusive form of fuel for our brain. They're also the preferred um, source of energy for our body. They're the main source of fuel for our kidneys, our heart muscles, our central nervous system, our red blood cells. Carbohydrates contain fiber, which aids in digestion, helps provide a feeling of fullness. It keeps our blood cholesterol and blood sugar levels in check. They also allow the body to spare protein and spare fat for other uses than energy because our body will use those macronutrients as energy if if it has to, but those macronutrients are best used for other things. Carbs also contain many vitamins and minerals and other nutrients that are important, and they can help us prevent sugar cravings and overeating. We know people that are on very low-carbohydrate diets or don't get enough carbohydrates in their diet often feel really intense sugar cravings, and they tend to binge more often. And the benefits of protein. Protein helps build and repair and maintain our muscles, our skin, and our other body tissues. They provide important building blocks for hormones, enzymes, organs, our hair, nails, bones, cartilage, um, our skin, our blood, other vital body substances. It's just extremely important in building our tissues and such. Protein also aids in wound healing. It helps us fight infection. It helps balance our body fluids and carries oxygen throughout the body. Protein provides sustained long-term energy. And it helps provide a feeling of fullness and reduces cravings. We know if we eat a meal of just carbs or maybe some carbs and fat, we tend to get hungry a little bit sooner. Protein really helps satiate us and helps us feel full longer. So unless you have a condition that requires you to limit a certain type of macronutrient, it's best to get a variety of all three in your diet each day. Because as we can see, all three provide some really essential and important functions in our body. I know my body definitely functions best when I'm giving it a variety of macronutrients. I stay full longer after meals. I get more satisfaction out of my meals. And when I get a wide variety of foods, then I just don't feel deprived or bored. And I just feel better overall. Okay, so we know all macronutrients are important. Now let's talk about this macro counting craze. Macro counting focuses on eating a set amount of carbs, protein, and fat each day and trying to stay as close to your predetermined goal amounts as possible. Those amounts are often determined by what goals a a person has for their body. 
So maybe they're trying to lose weight. Maybe they're trying to gain muscle or gain weight. A popular phrase among people who count macros is if it fits your macros or the acronym IIFYM. We have general guidelines for how many macros most people need each day, but the exact amount needed can vary from person to person based on your weight, your height, your gender, your genetic makeup. They can also vary from day to day based on your activity level, what you've eaten that previous, previously that week, etc. But the amounts recommended by the USDA, as well as the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine are approximately 45 to 65% of daily calories should be from carbohydrates, 10 to 35% from protein, and 20 to 35% from fat. Of course, you're going to have proponents of certain diets that say that the protein or fat percentage should be much higher. And it very well might be that certain people or maybe those with certain conditions might feel better with different percentages. But I'd say the vast majority of us will find our bodies perform best at percentages within these ranges. Because each type of macronutrient provides a certain number of calories per gram, by counting your macros, you're also essentially counting your calories. And there's really nothing magical or mysterious about counting macros. The reason some people lose weight on this diet is the same reason that people are able to, wait, to lose weight on basically any diet out there. They've just set their calorie amount at a deficit, which means they're consuming fewer calories than they're using each day, and this results in weight loss. Now, you can go listen to my episode on metabolism, episode number 19, and my other episode on dieting, episode number six, to see why this isn't always best for long-term health or sustainable weight loss, but it very often does result in at least short-term weight loss. So let's get into the pros of counting macros. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big fan of diets in general, so most of these pros are what I like about counting macros in relation to other diets, but there are a couple of pros that aren't diet-related as well. One thing I like about macro counting is it usually doesn't eliminate or greatly reduce or vilify any food groups, as I mentioned, like many other diets do. It's fairly flexible as far as diets go, which means it allows for different food preferences and different access to food sources. Uh, It's not a one-size-fits-all approach, and it's quite a bit less complicated than lots of other diets out there. It also focuses on real foods, not on foods sold specifically for a particular diet. And this flexibility just makes it more sustainable than other diets. I like that there are no, quote, good or, quote, bad foods. There's not a laundry list of foods you're allowed to eat and not allowed to eat. Uh, There are no cheat days. All foods can fit on any given day. If you're someone who has a fear of carbohydrates or a fear of fats because of the diet mentality that we've been exposed to, perhaps you've been on a diet that greatly reduced or demonized those macronutrients, then counting macros could help you get used to incorporating those foods back into your diet without the fear of overdoing them. Another pro I have is that planning for and counting macros can help you pay more attention to what you're eating, and it can potentially help you make food choices that will better serve your health. Now, I say potentially because meeting your macro count doesn't mean you're choosing foods that are necessarily nourishing. There are lots of ways to get 200 grams of carbs, for example. 
It's slightly better than calorie counting because at least you can't get away with just eating your entire allotment of calories on cookies all day. You have to be getting at least some variety from different food groups to reach your macro count, but it's still possible to get your macros from foods that don't contain a lot of micronutrients or other nutrition. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the cons. But still, uh, tracking macros can help bring awareness and more mindfulness to your food choices throughout the day. This is why if someone wants to track their food or count their macros or calories for a week or two, I say go for it. Unless, of course, they have a history of, of disordered eating. But tracking your food for a short period of time can really help give you insight into your eating habits and help you learn more about the composition of your food, how your body reacts to certain foods, uh, what different portion sizes look like. There are certainly benefits to short-term tracking. Macro counting also helps you understand where your calories are coming from. Keeping track of your macros can help you make or at least plan to make healthier food choices Uh, You might find that you're eating a lot of carbs throughout the day and not much protein or not not enough fat once you start, start tracking. But again, there are reasons that I only recommend people track food or macros for a short amount of time, for a week or two. And we'll get into those reasons here shortly. The last thing I want to talk about is people who are very out of touch with their hunger and fullness cues. Maybe they just don't feel them. Their cues have stopped altogether or they don't recognize them when they come. Uh, they might need to follow a food plan for a while. Now, this is different than macro counting, but at least knowing how to balance macros can help them plan balanced meals throughout the day while they are kind of reestablishing those hunger, hunger and fullness cues. All right, now let's get into the cons of macro counting. Number one in my book is it's a diet. No matter how you slice it, whenever you're relying on outside sources alone to determine how much you eat in a day, it's a diet. And as we discussed in episode six, dieting has been shown to have a 95% failure rate when it comes to keeping weight off long-term. Oftentimes, if you have lost any weight on a diet, that weight will come back plus some within two to five years. Another con of counting macros is that by focusing on macronutrients and calories alone, it doesn't take into account the quality of food you're eating. It doesn't ensure that you're getting healthy macros. You could be eating 20 carbs from a piece of fruit or 20 carbs from jelly beans. It's the same amount of carbohydrates either way. Getting a variety of macros in our diet is certainly important, but we also need a variety of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and phytochemicals and fiber and omega fatty acids. Technically, you could hit your macro targets with getting very little or possibly none of these other things. Of course, there's nothing wrong with adding purely for pleasure foods that have no nutritional value into your diet as well. And that's, again, one reason I like macro counting when compared with other diets. But we aren't going to feel great if that's all we're eating, of course. Focusing on macros also doesn't account for how and for why you're eating, which we know is really important for gut health, our blood sugar shifts, our satisfaction, just the emotional aspects of eating and our overall wellness. Nourishing your body involves so much more than simply eating the right amount of macros. Another big con is because it can be a pain to track your food, macro counting can result in eating a reduced variety of food. You might just start eating the same things every day because you already know the macro the macro counts and you might shy away from eating any more 
complex or new foods or meals, meals that possibly could be really nutritious, but because you have to calculate the macros of that food or that meal, then it would just be too much effort, and so you just don't eat it. Also, as I mentioned earlier, your macro needs might vary day to day based on your activity level or your energy needs, uh, what you ate the day before, if you're healing from sickness or injury. I just find it really interesting that so many of us think that we are smarter than our bodies. These bodies that have such amazing, intricate systems that all work together miraculously and are set up to help us function optimally. Now, of course, things can go wrong with these systems, but oftentimes we are the reason that they get out of whack because we think that we need to control or manipulate them somehow and that we know better than them. Another con is that tracking macros might encourage you to ignore your natural hunger and satiety cues. You might go to bed hungry because you're, quote, out of macros for the day. Or you might forgo having a really nutritious snack or food because it doesn't, quote, fit your macros. Another big con in my eyes is it takes a fair amount of time and and mental energy to track your macros. Most of us don't need one more thing to do each day. I guess maybe there are people out there who genuinely genuinely like tracking food, but I am definitely not one of those people. Uh, I've mentioned on previous episodes before, but I went through a period of counting calories, and I just know it was such a pain to track every bite I took. I just personally have other things I'd rather be doing with my time, and that's not meant to say that how I spend my time is better than you if you choose to track food, but I just found it to be a huge pain. And what happens when you stop counting? We know that habits and behaviors need to be sustainable if we want to have sustainable health. And I don't know many people who want to track their food every day for the rest of their life. And finally, this is probably the biggest con and the thing that I really want to make people more aware of. So if you're multitasking or have tuned me out, come back to me. This is an important one. A huge con I see from tracking macros is that it can lead to food obsession and disordered eating or other unhealthy food behaviors. Even if you don't have a history of disordered eating, counting macros has been shown to lead to creating excessively strict habits, uh, food obsession, just unneeded stress with making food choices. It can be particularly dangerous if you have perfectionist tendencies if you come from a history of dieting or if you have an unhealthy relationship with food. And of course, if you've ever had an eating disorder, tracking macros can be especially harmful. I know people who start out fine tracking macros, but eventually over time, it turns into disordered or super restrictive eating. When I was counting calories, I actually had a pretty good relationship with food at the time, but I found that the longer I did it over time, I started trying to get fewer and fewer calories each day. I started becoming more obsessive about what I was eating. And that's when I realized I just needed to stop and it was leading me down a path I did not want to go down. I have a sister-in-law. Her name is Lexi. She's married to my baby brother, Mitch. And Lexi is so sweet and smart and beautiful. She's an amazing mother. She's one of the most talented pianists I know. And unfortunately, like most of us, Lexi grew up surrounded by diet culture and has spent years and years worrying about the size of her body. Now, I got permission from her to share this, and I think that her experience here can be really helpful to a lot of women out there. 
In an effort to mold and shrink her body, Lexi spent many years counting macros. And I want to share some of the experiences she told me. And as you listen, you'll likely hear some of the cons for counting macros that I've just mentioned within her story. She said, I was so concerned with macros that I never cooked anything that didn't have the exact macro count calculated. I would never let Mitch cook because he wouldn't calculate the macros right. I got very little variety. I had the same 10 foods over and over because the macros were easy to count. I remember one time I felt guilty for eating a whole avocado because it threw off my fat macro count for the day. I used to weigh all of my food. It was a habit. I remember one day Mitch took away my food scale and I was so stressed out because I couldn't weigh my nuts. I would eat gross plain rice cakes just to fit my macros in for a day. Now Lexi is on an intuitive eating journey and I'm so proud of the progress she's making. But she's shared that it can be really hard to shed some of these habits and tendencies and some of these mindset things that she got through her years of macro counting. Now, I know Lexi's story is not indicative of every person who's ever tracked macros, but I also know that it's not an uncommon one either. And I just feel like people need to be aware of the risks of doing any diet, including macro counting. So in conclusion, what should you do? Should you track your macros? Well, it's your life, it's your body, it's your health. So you get to decide. For me, it's more of a good, better, best type of a situation. If you're not quite ready to give up dieting, then macro counting is likely a better option than some of the other diets out there. Or again, if you want a little more awareness around what you're eating, you might want to track your macros for one to two weeks just to better understand what's in your food and how certain macros make you feel. But you can rest assured that if you're striving to eat a balanced diet with a variety of different foods from each of the food groups, you're most likely meeting all of your nutrient macro needs. There's no need to micromanage your diet. Uh, You can always follow the good rule of thumb to fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables, a quarter with carbs, a quarter with protein, and make sure that you're cooking with plenty of healthy sources of fat if you're concerned about getting the right amount of macronutrients in your diet. If you do decide that you want to count macros... I would highly recommend working with a dietitian who specializes in macro counting. I'm not one of those dietitians, by the way, but there are some out there. This will give you the best chance of making sure that you focus on quality quality instead of quantity and that your macro counting doesn't get extreme or turn into disordered eating. Once again, this is much better than going on an extreme diet or looking to social media influencers or someone else who might not necessarily be qualified to be giving diet advice. So just be judicious in who you get your information from. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I believe that the best option of all is to let go of dieting, let go of diet mentality altogether learn to eat more intuitively, use some outer wisdom when making food choices, combine with your inner wisdom, create healthy habits so you really don't have to give much thought or attention to what you're eating often, and then use all of that time you would have spent calculating macros every day for things that are more meaningful and fulfilling in your life. Again, I think that it would be much more effective to spend the time and energy you would have spent on tracking your macros on creating sustainable health habits instead, habits that help you get more in tune with your body, more in tune with your natural cues, and habits that focus on the quality of your diet as much or more so than the quantity. But that's just my two cents. Again, 
you can decide what works best for you. Either way, I hope that you found this episode helpful and that it can help in your decision if you are trying to decide if you want to count macros or not. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you again next week. See you later.